these principles are relevant for everybody globally. If you think about it too, these Dale Carnegie programs are offered in over 80 countries in the world, over 20 languages, and these same principles apply in all of these different cultures. So there's some nuances on how they might show up in certain cultures, but all of these principles are true. I can't think of a culture or a person that doesn't want to be listened to. Everybody wants to be listened to. Everybody wants to be appreciated. Everybody wants you to connect with them and build trust. That's a human condition. There are opportunities for our work and careers everywhere, if you know where to look. That's easier said than done, especially in our fast-paced and constantly changing world. Marianne Fairmouth is talking to experts, employers, and job seekers to bring you insight and understanding about what's possible. This is Career Can Do, where we're navigating the new work world. Welcome to the Career Can Do podcast, a global podcast for the Career Network. Today, we are just delighted to have a guest on our show that has been with an iconic organization for almost 37 years. David Wright is the CEO of Dale Carnegie of Texas. The book that we all know about, How to Win Friends and Influence People, out of the top five business books ever written in the world, people like Warren Buffett say it is one of the top five books ever written. It sold 30 million copies, and it helps you in ways to go after the job you want and get it, take the job you have and improve it, take any situation and make it work for you. And I think in these interesting times, this podcast and the information you're going to glean from it is probably one of the best podcasts you're going to hear this year. So without further ado, after that incredibly long introduction, help me welcome David Wright. David, hello, everybody. Hello. Thank you so much. It's an absolute honor to be here. Delighted. Thank you. Well, David, I am just thrilled that you took the time to be on our show. And as we talked about in the Blue Room, we met, oh, in Fort Worth at another national convention, and I heard your presentation. And it was so spot on for these times. You know, I've been wow. a recruiter almost 40 years. I thought the information you shared with the people in that, in that audience was just second to none. And I wanted to have you on the show because I think we're all in challenged times right now in the employment market. And I think, you know, with these different generational mindsets, everybody's trying to find their way right now and how to make things work. And, you know, I know the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, talks about the fundamentals of handling people. And it's interesting, David, because this book was written back in 1936. Amazing, yes. After the Depression. So how are these concepts still applicable today? Isn't that amazing that that was the situation? And you think about the challenges of the time in 1936, and obviously I wasn't there, nor were you, but it was obviously a really difficult time and a really interesting struggle. But then we're in those same kind of, what do they call it, unprecedented, challenging times today. So are these principles relevant? I think they're more relevant than ever. And if you think about just how much interaction we have today, we have the opportunity to connect with people like we're doing virtually in many, many cases. People do this all over the world. We're more connected than ever, but then I think people feel more isolated than they ever have. 
So these principles are just more valuable and more important than ever before. Something as simple as Dale Carnegie would say, become genuinely interested in other people. That is so counterintuitive to the way people are today. What, what I do is I post myself on Instagram and here's my perfect life and this is what I look like, but inside I don't really feel like that and I don't feel connected to the people who are viewing it. So I think these principles of just how do I connect with people? How do I really build deep and meaningful relationships more important than ever before? I think so. I really believe that. And, you know, I know Carnegie is famous for pioneering the self-improvement genre. And he offers on building your people skills at work and building strong, healthy relationships with your teammates so you can collaborate better. But can you give our listeners some of these fundamental principles that maybe can make our work world more harmonious with so many of the challenges we're having these days? I mean, oh my goodness. isn't the fundamental or is it you don't have enough time for that? <laughs> I was going to say, how much time do you have? This is so true. You know, even right of first principle from how to win friends and influence people is don't criticize, condemn, or complain. And you think about the way people interact day in and day out today. Everybody is very focused. I think we're maybe more entrenched than ever before in our opinions and our ideas. And there seems to be just this lack of openness to other people's ideas and the way people work. And Dale Carnegie would say, don't be that person. Don't focus on the negative in other people and situations. Do the opposite. In fact, the second principle is give honest, sincere appreciation. Think about things that you have appreciated about the other person or the situation. I take these principles really deeply to heart. In fact, my family has been involved with Dale Carnegie, the organization for over 50 years now. I'm second generation. I have a third generation involved as well. So I think about these principles, not just in terms of techniques that I want to use, but I think about who I want to be. So I would say, I don't want to be a critical, negative person. I want to be a genuinely appreciative person. I want to be somebody who cares about the wants and needs of other people, not just myself. And the, the third principle is arousing the other person an eager want. So what that means is I have to understand what you want first so that I can connect with you in a meaningful way. I think one of the most overarching principles that would really help people from a collaboration and work relationship standpoint is principle number 17, which is try honestly to see things from the other person's point of view. And that's a powerful principle because he also says, try honestly. Don't just yeah think about it from their perspective so I can figure out how to manipulate them into what I want. It's like, honestly, if I were them, what would I care about? That's relevant in so many work settings. So for example, I was listening to some of your previous podcasts and you're talking to engineers, for example. I coach a lot of engineers who are presenting to senior leaders and their biggest struggle is that they'll go to give a presentation and they will come at it from the mindset of, I'm an engineer, here's all the technical information that I would want to know if I were presenting this. And they don't think about the fact that, no, the person I'm presenting to is an executive. They don't care about all that technical information. They're looking at it from their point of view. I need this information so I can make good decisions. I need to be able to understand some strategy ideas behind it. So I don't need line 72 on your Excel spreadsheet. What I want to know is just from my perspective, how is this information helpful? So if I'm that engineer, I want to think, try honestly to see things from that person's point of view. How do I structure my message? How do I make sure that I'm presenting things that are relevant and meaningful to that executive? 
So one other I'll, I'll throw, because it's a different tangent. Let's say as a, as a leader, one of the things that our research indicates too, there's a big gap between what people get from their leadership today and what they most want. And one of those, of course, is appreciation, which I talked about before. But the other is they really want their leaders to be honest and transparent, be human. You don't have to be perfect and buttoned up. So Dale Carnegie would say, if you're wrong, admit it quickly and emphatically. And so in many cases, leaders, I think, put a lot of pressure on themselves to really have everything just all perfect. And the reality is they're not. So it's okay to say, you know what? I think I was wrong about that. This strategy might not be the best one. Or even if you said something that you don't think is correct in retrospect, and then we all have those moments. But going back to the person saying, you know, how I said that was not what I meant. And I really apologize. So if you're wrong, admit it quickly and emphatically. So that connection of, I am going to be open, transparent. And I think this is true for people who are job seekers as well, that I don't have to have everything perfectly buttoned up. Be honest, be genuine, be yourself, and be interested in that other person and how you can add value to that other person. And you'll find that these principles and strategies all just come into alignment. I think you're right. I think that goes also with something I remember hearing in the presentation you gave not long ago that I was in the audience, and you talked about the different generational sectors and the different mindsets. And I think they do have different mindsets. But to your point right now, I think at the end of the day, David, correct me if I'm wrong, we might have a little different mindset, but at the end of the day, we're all human, right? Absolutely. People, if we're honest and we garner the trust of those that we work with and those that we are led by. That goes a long way. I know in that I was reading the book the other night, uh, rereading it a little bit, and there was an example, we talked about this in a blue room, about this engineer that you know was so worried about doing really well. And Dale Carnegie said, you know, success really is about 10% of your technical ability and 90% about your relationships. Would you agree with that? 100% agree with that. Absolutely. It's so interesting. You mentioned this is what's fascinating to me. These principles are relevant for everybody globally. If you think about it too, these Dale Carnegie programs are offered in over 80 countries in the world, over 20 languages, and these same principles apply in all of these different cultures. So there's some nuances on how they might show up in certain cultures, but all of these principles are true. I can't think of a culture or a person that doesn't want to be listened to. Everybody wants to be listened to. Everybody wants to be appreciated. Everybody wants you to connect with them and build trust. That's a human condition. Now, it might show up a little differently if you're a millennial versus a boomer. You know, that might show up a little differently. But even boomers like appreciation. They might not act like they do, but they, but they, really, but they really do. So th that is absolutely vital that we recognize that, yes, people are people underneath. And that what we want to do is make sure that we're connecting with people as individuals. I think that's all very much on point. And also, I was going to challenge you or ask you your opinion about we have this unprecedented talent shortage, all right? And that's because, I think you know this, after World War II, when all the soldiers came back from the war, we had a surge in population. We've never had a surge in population since that time. And all those babies that were born back then, who are now referred to as the baby boomers, well, for every baby boomer that retires, every four baby boomer that retires, we have one person available. So we have a gap. We don't have enough people. So what I'm finding is jobs are staying open longer because we just don't have the people. 
And what I'm encouraging people to do is we have to look at different ways of hiring. We have to look at maybe not every single box is going to be checked, but if we have the person with either transferable skills or related skills or the mindset or the desire to work hard to do the job, why don't we consider that too? What do you think of that? I mean, how do you suggest, and I was just reading an article in Forbes that says this talent shortage is going to go on until 2030. So how do you suggest, what would Dale Carnegie say? What is <laughs> What would he say the solution is? This is a deep question, isn't it? When you were describing that mindset about hiring people, I think ultimately hire based on mindset and attitude, skills we can teach. So it's really about who is this person and information that we can pass that along. But who is this person? I hire on values. In fact, one of the things we did is created a team statement of values several years ago. And one of the persons who came in as data entry, and then she started doing social media coordination seven, eight years ago. Now she's my vice president of training. She travels the world, coaches people to become Dale Carnegie trainers, one of the highest rated trainers in the world. When she started, I had no idea. In fact, I asked her, are you familiar with Dale Carnegie? In the first interview, she said, no, I've never, never heard of Dale Carnegie. And I said, well, why did you apply? She said, well, I read your statement of values. And as soon as I saw that, I said, that's me. I'm that person. So if we can find people who align with us, I think on a values level, that's a very powerful place to start because we can teach skills. It's really hard to teach mindset and values, but we can teach skills. So that would be my first, you mentioned that, it's slightly different than maybe where you ended up in the question, but I wanted to get that in because I think that's so well, think powerful. That's very important. And give our listeners an example of what kind of values were important to you. Actually, it was the first sentence of our value statement, which was, we believe in our heart of hearts that life equals relationships. And so she saw that in the ad. And like I said, it was seven or eight years ago. I think it was on monster.com back in the day, right? And she said, that's me. I don't know anything about this company, but I'm a relationship person. I think about those. We had other values had to do with trust, integrity, fun. I train a lot of the largest organizations in the world and some really high paying tech companies and that sort of thing. I know that my team is exceptional. They're amazing people. And I know they're being recruited constantly. And I always say, I cannot outfund these people, these big Fortune 500 companies, but I can outfund them. I can make my work environment way more fun, so engaging that even if you add a zero, they're not going to consider going because they know there's no way they can replicate this environment. And so when you think about the talent wars, so to speak, and the challenge around retention, great resignation, and all those things that we're still struggling with. As a leader, how do I create an environment that's so engaging that people actually look forward to Monday? You know, as a leader, one of the moments that just hit me the most, the same person I just talked about early in her career, she posted on her Facebook page. And that's interesting too, the fact that I, I'm friends enough with the people that I work with they are on Facebook together. Okay. Anyway, she posts at the end of the weekend. She said, I'd have a rough weekend. Thank God tomorrow's Monday. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't hear that very often. I teared up a little bit. I thought that's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. That's the biggest compliment I think I've ever had as a leader. How do you do that? How do you create that environment? Number one is invest in people, not just financially, but emotionally. I spend as much time thinking about where is my team emotionally right now? It's kind of ironic 
that we're talking today because this is my quarterly planning session. And the first thing we talked about is about seasons, you know, the fact that there's seasons in life. And I asked, well, what season do you think we're in right now? What season are you in? What season are we in as a team? And just to talk about emotionally, where are you and where do we need to be? I think that's a conversation that gets ignored oftentimes. And it's that kind of emotional engagement that creates loyalty. So they feel connected. And so if you think about this, it's how much does it cost when somebody moves on, when they lose somebody? It's, and then on top of that cost, when somebody stays, what's the old joke? Is it could be worse, they could quit and stay. <laughs> so what does it cost you to have somebody who's not engaged? We've done a lot of research on employee engagement, and they say an engaged employee could be as much as 202% more productive. So there's a productivity factor to this, and there's a long-term retention, and there's profitability factor that comes with it. Now, this is why I go back to values. I want to create an environment where people look forward to Monday. Do I know it has an impact on profitability? Yes, but that's not my primary driver. I want to work in that environment too. I want to create an environment where people are uh, excited and inspired as much as possible so that they stay, they're eager, they're productive, and there's trust. Those are all things that I would say Dale Carnegie would say, is find ways to create an environment of trust, psychological safety, engagement. And what you'll see is engaged employees stay and they encourage friends and family members to come and work with you. And you don't have those same struggles. It'll impact your business profitably. Oh, I think so. I think having the right people on your team is very, very important. And I think to your point also- The most important, right? I think it's the most important. And I don't think these days it's only about money. Money's important, but I also think it's about the quality of the work experience. That's really an interesting point because we talked about generations, you know, when we first met. And I think there is a difference too. There was a generation, and they talk about Gen Xers. I think they were maybe a little more self-focused in terms of, I don't know if I trust. You know, I saw what happened to my boomer family members who got displaced when they were 58 years old or something. And so they became a little more, I want to make sure that I'm looking after myself. But what I love about this new generation, millennials and Gen Z, is maybe you could argue that they're idealistic, and that's what I love about them, is that they're doing it because of their heart. And so if we can, yes, pay people enough to make sure that they don't have to think about compensation and meeting their bills and you know reward people financially, but even more importantly, beyond the base, give them enough money to make them happy, then make sure you're making them happy. What can I do to inspire people? And part of that is are they growing? People, that's what they want. They want to grow. They want to learn. They want to feel like they're moving forward and they want to feel like they're doing meaningful work. I'm making a difference. We talked about one of our engagement studies, which there are some white papers, by the way. If you go onto our Dale Carnegie website, you can download for free on employee engagement, for example. Talked about the three drivers of employee engagement. Number one is relationship with your immediate manager. And I think we can all relate to this, right? You've had that experience when Maybe the job you were given early in your career was not the most fun, but if you had a great leader, a great manager, they made it at least tolerable, if not rewarding. So it's relationship, belief in senior leadership. So are we showing a direction, a vision that I can buy into? That's so important. And I think that particularly younger people are more focused on the why. Like, why am I here? What is this really doing? And so how do we make sure we communicate the long-term vision of the organization? 
is super important. And then pride. Do I feel like the organization I work for is a good one? Do I feel like we do important work? Those kind of things. And any organization that is profitable and doing good work should be talking about that to their team. We make a difference in the world and let people know that so they feel good about it. And then the way we treat people internally also gives people a sense of pride of the organization. Well, I am just so excited about anything you, you've talked about. And I resonate with all those things. And, and I think this is wonderful to have you on the show because I Thanks. think that people that are really struggling right now, David, to find people or retain people might learn some things from what you're saying from an organization that's been around 1936. Actually, Dale Carnegie started in 1912. 1912. Isn't that amazing. The book yeah. came out in 36, right? You're right. You're exactly right. Uh, both came out in 36. And he never knew the book was going to take off like it did, right? That's true. Yep. He never got over the wonder of it, his wife said. He never got over the wonder of it. Well, that's wonderful. Well, we're coming near the end. And I wanted to ask you if you had two important tips to leave with our listeners about how to become your best self or how to have a happy and fulfilling career and personal life, what would those two tips be? That's a very deep question. And if you have to boil it to two, I really believe that it starts with vision, that your future is determined by the vision of not just what you want, but who do you want to be? So I would encourage people to sit down and create a vision. In fact, in the new, newest Dale Carnegie book, Take Command, one of the final chapters was so inspiring to me as well, is about sitting down and creating your vision. In fact, they recommend write it out three times and each time make it bigger and bigger. And ask yourself in that process too, who do I want to be in this vision? It's not just about the things I want to accomplish. What kind of person do I want to be? And when you start looking at those attributes, you can work on that. And one thing I would encourage people to insert into their vision is if I go back to my team statement of values, uh, we believe in our heart of hearts that life equals relationships. Make sure relationships are part of your vision because at the end of the day, and this has been studied on many cases, cases. What makes people happy? At the end of your life, when you look back and say, I had a happy and fulfilling life, people say it's about their relationships. This is what makes people happy, makes people feel good about what they did, is that I know I have people around me who love me, and I know I made a difference in other people's lives. So create a vision of who you want to be, and then think about how can I intentionally build meaningful relationships. That's a beautiful vision. I think that's a beautiful ending statement. And I'm just, again, so grateful and privileged to have someone like you on Career Can Do. David, if people want to know more about the Dale Carnegie organization, what is the website address? Where do they go to find all this information out? Sure. If you want to talk to my team directly or to, to myself, you go to texas.dalecarnegie.com. And if you're not in Texas, if you just do dalecarnegie.com, you'll be able to find your location as well. So happy to help any way I can for anybody who's interested. Well, you are amazing and you radiate so much excitement and honesty and wonderful ideas that I think we're all just really searching for right now to find something to hold on to that gives us hope, that gives us faith, that gives us the ability to move through these challenges and have a happy ending and have a happy experience in our uh -huh. own personal life. So Thank you so much for coming on Career Can Do. It's been my pleasure. I hope we stay in touch. And we'll see you all next time. Thank you so much, David. Bye-bye. 
We thank you for tuning in to our Career Can Do podcast. We make no guarantees on results for your particular quest, but we hope you enjoy the information presented. The views and opinions expressed in this program are solely that of the guest or speaker and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of Marianne Fairmouth and Fairmouth & Company. Thank you.